1: To the GC Sunscast. My name is Shane, your host, and joining me on the line is Tom. Welcome to the show, Tom. Yes, we have got plenty to cover tonight. We've got Kal joining us on the show. We've got some news coming out at the members' meeting that happened uh, moments ago and uh, we've got some a potential return to football for the AFL and the Gold Coast Suns. Absolutely. All right. Let's get into the show. Let's start off by thanking our pa- old soul Patreon donors, Jack Star, Paul Vosti, Dale Snelling, Brody Burgess. Kate Kelland, Chris Moore, Robbie Fiorini, Tom Kim and Tim Thank you for supporting the show guys Uh, Your support is greatly appreciated And with that Let's uh, get into talking about some of the news coming out this week with the Gold Coast Suns Uh, Let's start with Well, let's start with what's happened in the the members meeting Because that's just happened uh, yeah, it was a good got uh, got a bit of feedback from the club on how they've been handling the COVID crisis um, obviously uh, a lot of the support staff and uh, people employed by the Suns have been stood down but they're still uh, s- most of them are receiving JobSeeker so not all doom and gloom there and JobKeeper um and it, it looks like the the clubs making plans for football to happen this season, which is good. We're starting to hear about that from the AFL. Um, we we discussed last week about the Suns having a hub. Apparently, that was that was pretty much given a green light, uh, a an AFL hub with up to nine other teams in in southeast Queensland. Um, however. Apparently 48 hours later um, They had decided to explore the option of a fly-in fly-out season So as to what exactly that means we don't know yet Uh, um, But it does look like football is going to go ahead Uh, The other news we've heard is It doesn't look like we're going to have a NEFL competition this year With the AFL ruling out there will be no AFL-listed players to play in second-tier competitions. So, uh, to my understanding, now Adelaide now has their own Sandful side. So do Port Adelaide. So I believe those sides would be withdrawn from the competition. However, I do think Port Adelaide has probably got enough players because it's such a, a big sandful club that they'd be fielding a side without AFL-listed players. Uh, I think the Adelaide side might shut down for at least a season. There's there's rumours about the AFL coming in as a... Um, uh, basically a reserve side. We don't know what exactly that looks like, whether that's just... The Eastern Seaboard with the Queensland, New South Wales, and Victorian AFL clubs playing each other, or whether that's going to include everyone, um, a lot of things are up in the air. Um, whether it be finances or logistics, still a lot of things to work through there. Uh, I, I think it's more. I think it's more along the lines of. Uh, testing and the logistics with that uh, having so many the players exposed to so many different things maybe that aren't as rigor- rigorously tested as what AFL players are uh, the other news coming out of the members meeting was uh, the players are in good spirits they're, they're back on the Gold Coast we saw a few of the players at Mark Evans house for dinner so they enjoyed a nice butter chicken and rice cooked by M- M- Mr Evans lovely wife um what else Yep, and the hot topic of the night from the members meeting was memberships and the club will be coming out within the next couple of weeks on what they are planning to do. I can't say specifically what that is but it does seem like they're going to be very flexible with what members want whether that's a refund, whether that's full 100% support or whether that's um, uh, basically prepaying this year's membership uh, transferring it over to next year's membership there, there's going to be several options it sounds like and the the club is willing to help work with members to, to get that done um, it is it is, and hopefully we'll have more to discuss in a couple of weeks on our next show regarding that uh, finally uh, actually no we'll leave it for there because what I think we will do is If you want to cover the AFLW Awards, Tom and I will get Cal Toomey on the line. G'day, Cal. It's Shane from the GC Sunscast. How are you?
2: Hey, Shane. How are you, mate? Good. Uh, You're
1: live on the air of the GC Sunscast. How's life in Melbourne at the moment?
2: Uh, It's really good. Yeah, we're we're getting through. It's um, probably a bit nicer to be in isolation up in uh, Queensland, I'd imagine, given the weather. But uh, yeah, we've managed to get through and hopefully there's some footy on the horizon uh, in the near future.
1: Yeah, we're getting a mid 20 degree days up here on the Gold Coast, so not too bad for winter. Still a bit chilly in the morning.
2: Yeah, it's a bit chilly here, a <laughs> bit, bit chilly here throughout the whole day. <laughs> you just
1: cut me out there, Shane. That was uh, Tom. Can you hear Tom?
2: No, I can't hear Tom. Oh, okay. No, right. well, sorry
1: we're about that. Some audio issues then. It's the new laptop. Okay, so while I've got you, Cal, the um, what, what's the latest from the AFL regarding the return to footy? We saw yesterday the Victorian government announced uh, uh, some changes to the training uh, yep. for clubs. Is there is the AFL any closer to, to naming a date?
2: Yeah, I think that'll come in the next uh, three days. So whether that's on Wednesday, Thursday or Friday, it'll happen at some point. But uh, I'd imagine that will uh, take place over the next couple of days. But yeah, they obviously have had to rely and, and speak to governments in recent uh, weeks to get this to a point where they are at a stage where they can make that announcement and be comfortable that all governments are on side with it. Obviously, the the sticking point at the moment is in regards to Western Australia in particular and their fly-in, fly-out rules and probably looking likely that they may have to relocate those two teams at least to restart the season. Not sure for how long that will be, but that seems to be a a bit of a sticking point that they're going to have to work through. However, uh, it's certainly exciting that, yeah, hopefully by the end of this week, we have a date in mind and a target in mind because it's been a long 10 weeks or so without... um, quite having that certainty of when footy could return
1: okay um yeah so that that's pretty good like it's good to have the football back we i've just got off a members meeting with uh, some of the sun's uh admin team mark evans as well and they seem pretty confident of football returning soon still not confident to lay down cla- uh, crowds um yeah but then i guess that's why this push to play games in the northern territory could be a way for them to get crowds in later on in the year um so uh no i can't even read my own handwriting here so have you heard any more about the um With the NEFL being shut down, essentially, with the second-tier competitions, have you heard any more about a potential reserve site set up by the AFL featuring only AFL teams?
2: Yeah, there's been discussions around that. And, look, I think that um, it's a reality of the AFL situation at the moment whereby its focus and priority is all on the top level. And once it can get those plans sorted, a lot more can be done underneath that. So clearly the second-tier competition falls within that bracket, that it's not in the ultimate priority right at this stage, but it it will be um, as soon as things can start ticking along at the top level. But, yeah, there is potential of, um, you know, reserve competitions and in terms of the NEFL competition I wrote last week around an Eastern Seaboard competition potentially next year whereby the four Northern clubs send their uh reserve sides to be a part of the victorian competition there could even be a tasmanian side be a part of that too um but i think the likelihood of a a combined side uh, between uh you know Gold Coast sydney brisbane and GWS their, their players which has been flagged earlier in the end that certainly was an option at, the, at that point i think that's more unlikely um considering the people i've spoken to around what that could look like in 2021.
1: Yeah, I can imagine a lot of the people involved at the clubs wouldn't have been happy with that. That would that would affect their structures and their, I guess, their inside inside knowledge. Yes. uh, Potentially leaking out through those those sort of collaborations. Yep. Correct. Uh, You there, Tom? Can you hear?
2: Not getting Tommy.
1: No. Okay. I don't know what that is. We'll just have to make do for this for now. Um, all right. Well, let's get stuck into the real reason why we called you Cal. <laughs> What's the go with the Gold Coast Suns jumper? Why is it uh, <laughs>
2: it Look, I just feel like it was such a missed opportunity at the, the start of the Suns to, to create a jumper that was striking and had that really strikingly at classy mix and look I loved what the Giants did with their jumper I feel like they've got that perfect balance but I just find the uh the Suns jumper a little bit confronting I think if I was picking a ladder based on Suns on jumpers sorry the Suns would probably be in 18th place so and you know you know guys that I'm a big fan of the Suns and I like a lot of what they do and I've spent time internally at the club but I just find it uh A little bit too obtrusive that jumper. I I think it needs to be more traditional. I want to see some shapes on there, not just the logo on the front. I think it looks too much like a training jumper. Not sure what your view is.
1: So I gather, well, uh, it's a it's a it's a view that uh, differs by Suns fans. Some like it, some don't like it. Uh, I presume for the same, same reasons that you feel. Do you think it's too similar to? Carlton, because I I feel like it's a similar sort of logo in a way. It's it's just not the monogram, but it's basically a single thing right in front of the uh, Guernsey uh, with a simple colour behind it.
2: Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, you're probably right, but maybe we've just become accustomed to the blue and white, um, or navy blue and white anyway, colour matching up rather than uh, the the sun's colours, which may be a little bit bright on the eye. Maybe I maybe maybe it's just because I'm colourblind. maybe maybe that's my biggest issue but Are I just you really find that, yeah 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 in different colors here and there but um, yeah fun fact no so it's uh it's an interesting one but I still feel like the sun's jumper could be uh, could be slightly improved maybe that's Maybe that's the next stage for the Suns, although they haven't really shown any interest in improving it or or changing it across the years.
1: Well, I did put the question to the Gold Coast Suns on the members' meeting earlier tonight, and Stuart Jew's response was he's never been any good at art and Photoshop, (laughs) so he's not going to go anywhere near that issue.
2: That's funny. Well, maybe... I mean, I know Jew's obviously got big priorities, and probably the jumper isn't one of those, but... um, yeah, maybe we'll see how if we can come up with something. There's been some good designs on Reddit over the past few weeks in different jumpers, so maybe maybe they'll be able to listen to this and tune in and think, how can we better better off uh, doing the Suns jumper?
1: Well, I think they're probably due. Port Adelaide and uh, Brisbane, uh, Fremantle as well. They all made changes after that that ten year mark. Uh, we yep. could see the Gold Coast Suns do something similar. Um, all right. Do you remember the yellow j- uh, jumper from the Suns VFL days, Cal?
2: <laughs> vaguely. Vaguely. I remember was it Carmichael Hunt playing my game down there. Yeah. Craigie Byrne kind of or something Coburg. like that. Yeah. Coburg, yeah. Um, yeah, vaguely I do, which would be funny, wouldn't it, to be a, a full cycle if they can come back to um, the VFL under that system. Obviously, that's where they started their existence. So, to be able to return 10 years down the track would be interesting if given... You know, the, the doubts that are on the future of the Neefel competition.
1: Yeah, it is interesting. I guess that's one of the, the knocks the Neefels had for the Gold Coast Suns in particular is that it's not a, a great place for developing talent. If they do move to the VFL, then I guess we'll finally be able to put that argument to bed because they, they shouldn't have any excuses playing in a, a competition that uh, should be above the NEFL. No, that's right. Um, all right, Cal, while we've got you on the line, let's uh, go through, with the return of football in 2020, what are your three favourite sons to... Or, sorry, not favourite. What are your three sons to watch out for this season?
2: Well, they might end up being my favourites. And um, you know, I've got a, a few favourites at the sons, but the first one is Benny Ainsworth. Uh, I'm just really excited to hopefully see him play a full season of footy. Uh, there's been... So many interruptions and niggles for, for Ben throughout his time at the Suns. But I feel like I know he's had a good preseason. Uh, he was pretty solid in round one. It was a disappointing outcome for the team on on the whole. But I feel like this is the season and a good chance for him to really step up to that level. know he's keen to do that, um, that have that midfield forward role. Um, I've watched Ben's progress over a number of years now and, and I'm really aware of the talent that he has and the ability that he has and looking forward to seeing that um, at AFL level. Um, but I think he was sort of on the verge of doing that last year before injury struck, and that's been the case for him a couple of years running now. So I feel like if he can get to that point where he plays 22 games, or 20, sorry, not 22 games, but 17 games in the case of this season, that uh, we'll will see giant strides for him in his career. He just hasn't had that sort of continuity um throughout his career so far. But, look, I'm a huge rap for him. Uh, I, I, I want to see him in the midfield a lot, but I also like to see him um, go back to, you know, the, the player that was drafted for his, you know, strong marking overhead for a player he's sizing to be really crafty around goal because we know how dangerous he is with that too. So, yeah, big big fan of Ben Ainsworth and feel like um, this could be his real breakout year.
1: Yeah, I'm a real fan of Ben Ainsworth. I hope he does come out um, this season. Uh, who's your second
2: Another another long term favorite. We actually a couple of boys from our going places series. So we did Ben Ainsworth in two thousand and sixteen. We followed Ben through his draft year. And in two thousand and fourteen, the first year we did going places, Lockie Weller was uh, part of that initial crew alongside Paddy McCartan, Jared Pickett, Christian Petrarca, and, and Weller was in that group as well. So they all went inside the first fourteen picks. Two of those players are out of the out of the game now already which is interesting sort of only five or six years on but yeah another player who i know he's played nearly 100 games Lockie. but i feel like we haven't quite seen the absolute best of him however speaking to Lockie at the state of origin game and also stewie jew at the state of origin game earlier in the year when Lockie was the only representative from gold coast you could just see the confidence that he took out of that game and his speed his class with the the footy, um, it adds something to what the the Suns have in their midfield mix. Not saying that the Suns midfield is slow, but I, I feel like his pace can really bring something that isn't as um, readily available to the Suns midfield group. So, um, particularly when you add in Hugh Greenwood to so that that on ball brigade, um, yeah, I think that he was ready to take a step up with his footy this year and, and take the game on a little bit more and back himself a little bit more. So. Yeah, I think Lockie Weller will be a prospect and a, a player for the Suns to to really um hinge some hopes on this season.
1: Yeah, Lockie Weller breaking through to the uh, to, uh, well, basically the Allies side at the start of the year. And he didn't look completely out of place in that game. He did a couple yeah. of really nice things. So, yeah, I think you're right.
2: Your AC works overtime all summer. So be sure to replace your old air filters
0: with new filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three
2: months all year round. So order your filtry air filters today at filtry.com. Let's clear the air.
1: Right, Lucky Weller could really come through there. Um, and
3: if I can, if I can jump in and get you to reload a question, um, I've got you now. The, I can hear oh, you. Great. <laughs> oh, great! Wow, fantastic. Um, the 2014 draft—it looked good at the time for the Suns, especially Tuk Miller was a bargain. I think you—you might have had Tuk Miller in your in your top in your first round, um, and and you had a very accurate prediction of that um, of that draft. So Peter Wright, uh, Tuk Miller, uh, obviously Jared Garlett lost to footy. Um, although he tried to make a comeback. Um, but um, but uh, what do you think of Lockie Weller and then Corey Ellis uh, are now on the Suns' list? So four first-rounders inside the first sort of 14, 15 picks. What do you think of the Suns' uh, list
2: with those four units? Well, I'd imagine this... I'd be surprised if Corey Ellis' career extends beyond this year. Um, right. I think that's probably fair to say that you know, there's some... You know, doubt on whether, particularly given list-cut sizes, he went up there to fulfill a bit of a cultural role, and having been up there and seen it, uh, I know that he's been valued in that respect, but probably hasn't been able to get going as much as his footy career would have liked, and look, he was picked 12 in that draft, wasn't he, um, was, yeah. for the Tigers, so uh, certainly had the talent out there, and the Tigers weren't alone in believing that he was right amongst that top batch. A lot of clubs viewed him around that spot, so yeah, I mean, it's sort of interesting how some careers get going and some don't as much. Peter Wright's a fascinating one for me. Left out of round one. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly. The question still remains for me, what is he in terms of his best position? Is he a ruck who goes forward, forward who goes ruck? Um, and what he wants to do with his career too. So I'd just like to mm-hmm. see him take the game by the, scruff of neck, by the scruff of the neck a little bit more. And They're probably the same things. It's funny, you know, talk, talk about the draft and players and watching them progress throughout their careers a lot of players don't change that much from their draft period. You know, some get better and improve and some are on the development um, scale. Mm. But a lot of the tendencies of players around that that age group still stick with them, you know, what in this case, six years down the track. And I think the same questions we had about Peter Wright and where he plays his best footy at that point, which probably saw him get to pick eight in the draft, um, are probably pretty similar now. Um, So, yeah. With
3: shortened shortened games, Peter Wright's possibly going to find himself left out given that uh, Jared Witts is just a dominant player and he can play 80% of games and that's all he's got to do and if someone like Sam Day if they think he brings a little more he's only got to chop out a little bit rather than 20% of the time.
2: Correct. Correct. So, Yeah, I mean it's uh, and Jared Witts obviously has been such a a huge recruit in previous years and and, you know the co-captain so you know that he's going to be able to ruck most of the game so they probably don't have to require that role as much and um, yeah, it's, and obviously Ben King's come along in the forward laugh, so there's real hope for him to to be able to jump in and and do some damage straight away. So it's it's an interesting place for Peter Wright but he's contracted for a couple more years too. So um, obviously he's got that security. Well, That's right. That well, look,
3: got... I'll let Shane come back in because he's he's got the uh, the run sheet, <laughs> and uh, like you guys <laughs> yesterday, we, I've drifted <laughs> a bit off the run sheet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Well, now that we've got you on the line again, Tom. Why don't you tell us what uh, two of your three sons to look forward to watching in 2020?
3: Yeah, well, look at the beginning of last season. You asked me um, who would be the Suns' leading goal kicker, and I said not Alex Sexton, but he proved me wrong. Um, he he uh, he's really improved every single year, and that's that's something that I mean. Cal just sort of mentioned it. Some players just don't improve. That you, you you get what you drafted, and it's not. It's it's never going to really get that much better, but uh, Seco's—he's a local product. He's from within the Suns zone. Um, He's the only player to have lasted from his draft year that hasn't been cut or traded. Um, And yeah, just I just like—he's just got great forward craft, and with the. The you know the excitement around the young tall forwards that we've got, having someone like him who can lead by example and pretty much captain that forward fifty, um, yeah he's just terrific. And the other fellow who I I just love watching uh, is Sean Lemons. I mean, he's noted around the club that nobody tackles with more intent than Sean Lemons. I think he's been given a real boost by having Isaac Rankin. Uh, the two of them live together, they train together, they're good buddies. So. I think yeah. he's really having a second wind and I wouldn't be surprised to see him front and centre when it comes to the the Suns resu- resuming uh, against whoever it is because it's not going to be Geelong.
1: Well, you two have gone with some uh, normal choices there. Let's put it... Uh, sure. I mean, Cal, you've, you've selected some breakout potential from recent drafts with the suns and tom you've gone for a few mainstays at the gold coast suns i'm going to go for a couple of new players first of all brandon ellis moving over from richmond to join the gold coast suns he feels a much-needed position on the wing and we saw some very tantalizing prospects from him uh linking up trying to get that connecting kick into the forward line that the Suns have struggled with for many years. So it's going to be great to watch him run and get a, get involved and show also the the sort of leadership he can provide for the Suns uh in 2020. And my second is Hugh Greenwood, former Adelaide Crow, former basketballer. He uh provides a bit of grunt and um engine power in the, the middle of the ground for the Suns and we saw him uh, impressively throughout the preseason be able to clear the ball withstand tackles and still get a clean possession out to a, to a runner so I'm looking at a couple of new recruits that I think are going to be a great source of entertainment to watch if we're all stuck at home in our living rooms watching the footy so Cal who's your your Number one player to watch in 2020.
2: It's Isaac Rankin. I'm, I've been I've been leading the uh, leading the, the the run for him over the past couple of years. I'm, he's my most exciting player I've almost seen at under eighteen level. Obviously, that's the area I sort of focus most of my energy and time on. And he's clearly one of the most exciting players I've seen um, come through the system. It's been a disaster not to see him at AFL levels. Yes, he's had to. He's going to have to have waited a year and a half at an AFL club before we actually see him play um, a senior game. But, yeah, I just hope Dewey picks him round two when he gets that game out of the way. And then uh, he can stop thinking about it, we can stop talking about it, he can go on and do great things for the Suns because, yeah, his talent is extreme. And like I said before about, you know, the pace Lockie Weller brings. Well, he's got that pace at ground level. You know, he's a goal kicker. He can go up on the wing. He can play played half-back. He can do anything, Isaac, so... Yeah, I'm having followed him on Instagram for a few years now, particularly through this isolation period, I think he's brimming with excitement to actually get out there and have a kick. Because there's only so many music videos and guitar playing you can you can do. I think he's ready to get out there and actually um, show that competitive flair that he does have. He's
1: just one of those players that exudes energy. It just he is really yeah. looking forward to seeing him just run out on the field with a big smile on his face and. You probably get the the feeling that whatever he does, he's just going to have a smile on his face doing it. Uh, it's yeah. just contagious that sort of energy. Tom,
3: yeah, well, Shane, Shane you and I saw Isaac play in a neefel game last year in, in round twenty three, and and um, you know it's a, it's a long day to go and watch the neefel and then the AFL, but it was the last game of the season for the Suns, and and, and Rankin just did what Rankin does. He he, he intercepted a ball on the half back flank and then just kicked a goal, and then turned around to the grandstand. We've had, like, 200 people in it. And it was like he was turning around to the MCG on grand final day. Like, you know, did you see that? That was pretty good, wasn't it? Um, yeah. You know, he's got... Cal, I've got to say, when in, in 2018, you you were touting him as probably the best player, but that he wouldn't go number one because Walsh and the coach seemed to have had those spots tied up. And then I watched the... The, um, the, NAB, uh, the the nab the 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 national championships, which wasn't really a final, but it kind of worked out that way, didn't it? The winner was going to win the the comp, yeah. and South Australia had the game sewn up at quarter time, and it was all
2: Isaac Rankin. Yep, that's correct. I think I can't remember if it was three goals in the first quarter. I think it was though. I think he might have finished it, with five that day. Um, yeah, he
3: hit the post with one shot, and the other one narrowly missed. But it could have been. He could have been five in the first quarter, but yeah. He,
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's a freak. And it's such a shame that his first year was ruled out. But, you know, it's a long career ahead and he's dedicated towards that. And you speak to people at the Suns about him and they feel like he's actually changed and developed and grown and matured as a result of some of the setbacks that he's had in the past 18 months. The boy had never had an injury before no. going up there. So um, there's some lessons to come out of that, I guess. But, yeah, hopefully from now on the bad luck's out of the way and we can get um, – Cracking and seeing Isaac get into it because he'll add something to that lineup for sure. And he's loving the coast too. Like he, he's really, is a much loved member of that side. Very quickly, he went back to Adelaide um, at the start of lockdown. Then he, he went back up and, and did isolation in with Sam Collins. I think so. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's a much loved and respected member of that team without even playing a game yet. So that shows just how valued he is to the club.
3: Yeah, that's right. He he wasn't one of the, 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 the last guys to get back. He was one of the first guys to get back. So, yeah, super excited. All right, Shane, what's up next?
1: Uh, your number one son to watch in 2020, Tom.
3: All right. So I'm really looking forward to Jared Harbrow coming in. and It could even be his last season. It's his last season under contract. Um, they put him in cotton wool for the...
1: Oh, we seem to have lost, Tom. <laughs> Skype has gone dead. Well, while we try and get Tom back, my number one son to watch in 2020 is one we actually just discussed, Sam Collins. So he, he had a, uh, an issue early... Well, yeah, sorry. Yeah, He got off to a great start last year and finished up, uh, I think it was round five or six, where he actually had an injury and tore his adductor. Oh, there's Tom. We All right, come back. I'm back. So I was just saying, Sam Collins is my son to watch in 2020. He set the world on fire last season uh, until he got injured. And we're really looking forward to seeing him come back because he he changed the way the Suns' backline operated on, having uh, trying to find a a way to cope without Stephen May in the side. He filled that void and added some more. Uh, it's going to be really exciting to see Sam Collins come back and improve upon what he did last year.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's um, he, w- he was another player that, you know, as part of those three boys who got the State League call-up at the end of 2018 and were brought into the, the club and, and expected to have that, that big influence straight away. And Another one who just impresses with his training standards and habits and, and is a real leader around the group too, given it's such a young squad, so... He's an important player for them, and it was good to see him um, out there last year. He got injured, didn't he? So we're hoping that um, he can get back to some of his his best form because he was looking like he really found his feet in that back half for the Suns before that injury.
3: Well, we, we last week uh, – can you hear me now, Cal? Yep. Okay, good. Uh, last week, we had our, our favourite ever Suns moments, and Sam Collins' mark to, to save the game against Fremantle, which was his old side, and the look on – Ross Lyon's face was priceless. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. got a bit of a good sense of humour, Ross. Uh, yeah. So, so um, I was wondering, um, and this is on my run sheet. Uh, what's your favourite ever son's
2: moment or memory? Uh, it's got to be Jack Bowes last year. Yeah,
0: yeah. that was one of
2: mine. Uh, he's just I mean, another one of my favourites, and there are a few, but um, he's uh, yeah. What I tell you, what I really like about it more than anything. It was a great moment. It was, it was an end-to-end game. Suns should have had it sewn up a little bit earlier anyway. Um, mm. I think it was Alex Sexton that had a couple of flying shots, wasn't it, from memory? Um, yep. And and probably could have passed off. But what I love most about it, and this is a, a bugbear of mine, a, a number of players in the competition don't do it well enough, is that he kicked on his wrong foot. So if he, yep. if he hadn't have been able to kick on his left side, that, that game wouldn't have been a Suns win because he couldn't have had time to check side that off his right foot just wasn't going to be able to be possible within the parameters of that uh, clearance or stoppage. But he'd been trained. I you know his, his dad, Wayne, would have trained him to, to <laughs> kick on his on his left side growing up and um, make sure that's a priority for him and he able to snuck it through. So it just showed to me and proved to me that players at AFL level, not all of them can do it, but they all should yeah. be able to do it and, and Bozzi won a game being able to do it.
3: Did, did you know that he, before that game... He he boasted to Stuart Dew that he'd win the game off his left foot kicking a goal. <laughs> really? And, it, and that's why that look on his that's face weird. was like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah, and Wayne Bowes will be listening too, Cal. So, uh, yep, yeah, we'll say good day to, right. He's to Wayne. He's a great man. He's a great man. And
2: <laughs> yeah, you've Bows obviously met him, up. so there you go. Yep. Yeah, it was a good moment, wasn't it? And at that point, you sort of thought, well, can they get on a bit of a roll here? But obviously, things didn't go that way. Hopefully, um, we see a bit more of Bozy, um impacting games like that uh, in coming seasons, and particularly this year. But um, he's another versatile player for the Suns, mm. isn't he? He can play off half back if you have to use him there. Midfield is where he probably ends up long term, but has shown the ability too to make an impact around goals. So, do you think he could be a do you think he could be a Luke Hodge type? Half-backman? Uh, he hasn't reminded me of Hodgie just because, I mean, a, a strength of Hodgie was probably the, the aerial um, mm. marking and, and, you know, jump across packs. And I'm not saying that that's not something Jack couldn't do or wouldn't do, but um, I just haven't seen that sort of side of his game as much. I, I feel like he's, he's just going to be a really good midfielder and um, and that'll that'll come. And it's probably not a bad learning for him to be playing, you know, else, around the square rather than full-time in you know, Right at the moment.
3: Yeah, sure. Great insight.
1: Well, we've had some questions come in for you, Cal, from our listeners. The first is from Mount Isa Mustang, and he wants to know what do you think Lukosius's best position is.
2: Center uh, half forward. Yeah, I think he's a forward. I, I do like the fact that he started across half back though, because it eases is the wrong word, but I feel like uh, it'll teach him some things about the game that. Um, might not have been able to be lessons that he'd be able to uh, find or or have um, playing forward. So I I don't mind him um, at half back at the moment because of that skill use that he has. But yeah, I mean I think long term he's a he's a he's a key forward partner next to Ben King. Yeah.
1: Well, well, we look forward to seeing Lukosius
2: um,
1: start kicking some goals. Yeah, we we haven't seen much from him when it comes to that, but it's a. Uh, It's a thought that many Suns fans uh, ponder as to whether Likotius is better back and forward. I think Ben King... uh, We were asking the question of Ben King early last season, and uh, I think that's pretty much been settled, that debate. He he belongs down at full forward, I think. Do you agree?
2: Yes. Yes. I mean, um, the best thing about Ben King is he can do anything, really. Um, But what he showed in the second half of last year uh, was... Ultra exciting, and he's a driven young kid. He's um, very smart, knows how to work the game. Um, I, I feel like he's going to be a, a top quality player for the Suns for a long time. And yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, yeah, you know, particularly if he can build up his body a little bit more, and um, he's obviously got the the frame to be a, a key forward. But no one's going to be able to stop him if he gets going in the air. So um, I, that's the really exciting thing about him. Maybe he goes back against St Kilda. Um, or maybe Max goes back against St Kilda and they play on each other. That'd be interesting. But other than that, maybe uh, they, they stick him full forward and you lock in a, a long-term piece of the, the jigsaw.
1: Yes, I think either way, no matter where they play a St Kilda-Gold Coast game with Max and Ben King, is going to be entertaining. Either each, a King at each end kicking goals and it, it becomes a shootout or they line up against each other in one end of the ground. It, it's going to be a very interesting game when that eventually rolls around. Um, yeah, it will be. The other question from Mount Isa was the Suns drafting this year, assuming we have a draft, if the Suns yeah. have a another early pick, let's not say pick one, but any pick in that low range, would they be better off... Uh, drafting someone like a Will Phillips or an Elijah Hollands with that same sort of position midfield that they seem to have been drafting a lot lately? Or would they be better off going for a needs basis?
2: Hmm. Um, What do you guys think their needs are?
1: Uh, I think key defence is their, their biggest plot hole. I think they were hoping for Ben King to fill that, but he's just become a natural forward.
2: Yeah, okay. Um, I feel like, yeah, I mean, in terms of their needs, and if, and if it is, as you say, a priority, their key defensive stocks, then Denver Granger-Barras is right amongst that top group. Um, he's a WA key defender, great mark. He could be the pick one this year, to be honest. He's right amongst that, that really top echelon in this year's draft pool. I think Elijah Holland certainly will be appealing. The injury does add some doubt. He's going to miss all year um, with that knee reconstruction. However, it might not hurt him too much in terms of his draft position because some of his other teammates and contemporaries in the draft pool might not be playing too much either. So from that respect, a few might not go ahead of him. But there is obviously the question mark on the knee. I think he's still a top 10 pick. Will Phillips, you feel like there's probably a few of them at the Suns now. I know he's got a few Oakley mates up there and played well in that grand final last year alongside and Nando. But um, yeah, I don't know if he's exactly what the Suns need. So maybe that Finn McRae is another player. Who played at Oakley last year, and maybe a bit more of a, a different type of midfielder to add to that mix. But yeah, if you're talking key defenders and, and early picks, then certainly uh, Denver Granger barras is is right at the top of the tree. One ninety three centimeters, I think he is. Um, and as you say, yeah, he just can mark. He just marks everything. So anything that comes his way, he did that throughout the championships last year, playing as a bottom major. Um, yeah, he's he's a pro. So. I'm a big
1: fan of his. Well, I think that might be what the Suns are thinking as well. I did pose that question to Stuart Dew tonight, and his response was basically that they, they've they drafted enough uh Best players and uh, strong midfielders and the like over the last few seasons and that they would probably be looking to to draft on a needs basis this year as they they feel they can afford that. So maybe Denver Granger barras is the uh, is going to be a sun next year, who knows but <laughs> it, it certainly does well, sound like the suns are looking to start filling up the holes now.
2: The other thing to re- remember as well in terms of priorities is that they got Alex Davies coming through um, the academy and they'll pick up him Joel Jeffries um, they'll get as well so they get some speed there they get an out- inside outside midfielder in Alex Davies so and they've really topped up pretty well across the midfield over the past couple of years so maybe it is the point where they start to pick a little bit more around around needs without you know changing their philosophies too much right at the top of the draft because you can't go too specific at the top of the draft but you know, if, if I'm your recruiter who tells me tells me that um, their list isn't shaped by needs in terms of their draft order, and I'll find you one who's, who's probably telling a couple of fibs. So everyone's list is shaped by what they need. Um, but you can't change it too much right at the top of the pool.
1: Interesting. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Cal. That's all we've got time for tonight. Um, before we head out, go Suns.
2: Go Suns, boys. Happy to help out any time.
3: Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like Insta-Confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like Insta-Confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores.